Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hey, Christine. Hey, Dawn. Oh, my God. I love you. And I love, I <laughs> love, love that opening story. That, Can you believe it? It, this is, it is so clearly child abuse. And I almost feel like the, the old Grimm's fairy tale, the emperor has no clothes or the emperor has yes. new clothes, where we're supposed to step back and look at this crescendo of initiatives to try and indoctrinate children and say, no, this is simply to help them be kinder and to be empathetic and to understand that there's an entire spectrum of identity out there. And what it is, it's child abuse. And it is an attempt to separate children from their parents. Remember the whole, the, um, the outcry when uh, back under the Trump administration with the immigration issues when yes. they were when they were physically separating children from their parents. Okay, that's bad. But you know what's even worse? When you're doing it psychologically and you're yes. trying to drive a wedge between a child, a child, a 12-year-old child and their parents and God bless that young girl who had the courage and I think also the just the self-awareness to be able to go home and tell her mom and dad, something's happening and this isn't right. And a lot of kids don't have that. And that's where these school boards and these teachers and these counselors and these media types who are, you know, the big cheerleaders for this are horrible. I just got an email, just a random email. I get random emails all the time from people who want to pitch stories or ask if I want to interview people. And it was it was a very nice email. The guy was talking about, you know, social media can be very cruel and we want to be kinder to people. And I was sort of on I was I was okay with him until I got to the sign off and he signed his name. He said sincerely signed his name and right underneath it he had his pronouns. And I said uh-uh. <laughs> no way. Delete. <laughs> if I get an email from anyone who uses their pronouns, I don't care if it's an immigration attorney <laughs> from the Immigration Lawyers Association or if it's a random stranger, I go block, delete. I don't want you in my airspace. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I've I've talked to friends at the corporate level who and even uh, teachers or or those in an educational community whether it's higher ed or or at the the public school level and they've said that there's this sort of bullying that ha- that happens where if you're in that community they say well you need to put your pronouns and then if they push back and say oh i'm good <laughs> i'm i'm good and that there's a there's a bullying that happens and then people say oh oh that one must be a wink wink you know deplorable exactly. and then exactly. and so then you're like blacklisted in your workplace 
It's it. You know, ten years ago, if we started getting emails from people who clearly had male names or yeah. female names and they were telling us their pronouns it would say something about the person who was sending the email that this person is troubled or this is a person yeah. that we do not want to do business with or this person is just joking you know and yanking our chains and and oh isn't this funny ha 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 now this is dead serious yeah. and of and of course you know pronouns are pronouns but it's like the trojan horse mm-hmm. it's when you get in and you normalize something as simple as what do you call yourself, male, female, he, she, they, whatever, when you normalize that and say it's okay for people to to be whatever they want to be, um, then it becomes much easier to jump on to, well, let's start indoctrinating the children and let's start bullying and shunning people who aren't on board with our ideas. And do you remember – um, we're we're basically from the same generation. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a little older than you, but do you remember the old Marlo Thomas? Um, that girl, uh, yeah, that girl. And then when she became, you know, the feminist, the yeah. uh, the 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 updated version of Marlo Thomas, she had that album and that show called Free to Be You and Me. And it was a huge, it's classic for for Gen X kids and late boomers, and they all know the songs from the album. And I got a copy of that because I have an old vintage copy of it. And I was playing some of the songs and it it almost was like they were planting the seeds even way, way back yeah. then to let children define themselves and their own identities, whatever that you can be, whatever you want to be. Yeah, you can, but you can't change your fundamental, the the essence of who you are. You can't become a girl if you were born a boy. Um, you can't become non-binary, which means you are not anything, simply because you're indecisive. So we've been dealing with this for a very, very long time. It's just that it's become much more obvious and much more blatant and in your face Um in the past, I guess, decade or so as the trans movement, I think as the uh, same-sex marriage became normalized mm-hmm. and was won at the constitutional level and the Supreme Court said that this is something, well, they needed to move into a different direction because there are never you never have enough civil rights. You always have to fight for another civil right that you don't have. And right now, that civil right is being able to pretend that you're a different gender. And yeah. that's it. And that's what we're dealing with. It's it's so true. It's just upside down land. Um, just your reaction. I know you've written about what's going on with um, the Israeli, uh, the attack on Israel, the latest with Hamas. We're sending an unprecedented amount of military support and with equipment, with money, with actually forces headed over there. Biden going there yesterday, tonight. I know Biden is going to address the nation. But your your thoughts, if you'd share them, Christine Flowers, on you know the past the past days and 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 what you have what you have thought about the way the handling um, by the Biden administration on this issue. Yeah, I, I they're all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I am I am staunchly uh, in support of Israel. Always have been. Um, I understand that there are admin, certain administrations that have um, been that that have, have 
taken some questionable acts. I think I always supported Bibi Netanyahu as well. He has very deep roots in this area. Yeah. You know, he went to uh, Cheltenham High School. Um, his his family lived here for a long period of time. His brother, the hero of the raid on Antebi, Yanni Netanyahu, who was the only casualty of that raid to get those Israeli hostages out. Um, he also went to school here. So, uh, you know, I, I respect and I admire him a great deal. I think that he has had some major, major issues and problems with trying to um, change the court system over in Israel. I was troubled by his initiatives in that, that directive. But when Israel is attacked from Hamas or from another Arab-supported um, or Arab nation or Iranian-supported group like Hezbollah, um, or Hamas, I stand full-throatedly um, behind Israel. Now, as far as the Biden administration, I'm happy that they do appear to be in solidarity with Israel, and I 1,000 um, percent defend that. I do think that um, some of the Certain comments that have been made by the administration, the um, the walking back of some of the support, the kind of looking to see which way the wind is blowing is a little bit troubling. I know that there are a lot of conservatives who consider support for Israel right now to be a neocon activity and that um, they sort of they compare it to what we were doing in Ukraine. They're very upset, and, and understandably so, with the increase in materiel and um, monetary support that we are giving to Ukraine. Ukraine is different from Israel. Israel is our first line of defense in the Middle East. Israel is the only democracy. And although I have great sympathy for the people of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. My feelings about Ukraine are much more nuanced than they are about Israel, because I think what's happening in Israel has an impact directly on the United States. And let's not forget, some of those hostages are American citizens. Yes. And many of the people who started their lives, as I had said before a couple of weeks ago to you, started their lives on this earth. They began their lives as American citizens, and they simply um, – they, you know, they they moved to Israel later in life, but they still have deep ties to the to the United States. And so, for me, I have no problem whatsoever with the support that we are giving to Israel right now. Um, I I also I do not believe that criticism of Israel is anti-Semitism. I I think that's a knee-jerk reaction. What I do see though is so much of the criticism of Israel is anti-Semitism cloaked in anti-Zionism, and there is a difference. And um, when I see someone, when I see people like Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar um, jumping immediately to the conclusion that it was an Israeli rocket that um, devastated that Palestinian, that, that Baptist yeah. Palestinian hospital, um, it shows me where their heads are. They want to go after Israel, and they want to play the media war in addition to the actual ground war and the actual war against Israel. And now that it's come out that um, it, we, we at least we at the very least know that Israel was not responsible for what happened. We don't know exactly whether it was triggered by a wayward um, rocket from Hamas or Islamic Jihad or whatever it was. It was not the fault of Israel. And 
Rashida Tlaib still hasn't walked back her comments. Um, Ilhan Omar still hasn't said anything at all about the Jewish hostages, about the Israeli hostages, about the American hostages. They have said nothing. I have scoured the Internet, Dawn, looking for some sign of humanity from these women and from so many people like them, and I haven't found it. And one last comment. I got into a little bit of a skirmish with someone on Twitter because she was upset that um, some of us were arguing for the buildings in Philadelphia to be lit blue and white in solidarity with Israel, mm -hmm. like so many capitals around the world. Um, she said that that was a slap in the face to um, Muslim Philadelphians who are living side by side with Orthodox Jews in Overbrook. And I said, it is not a religious issue here, and it is not an insult to Arab Americans or Arabs anywhere to say that we stand with a country that has been attacked by a terror group. So I guess I, a very circuitous way of saying, although I do not support Joe Biden in 99% of the initiatives, if he is standing side by side with our strongest ally in the Middle East and the only true democracy, um, I support his efforts. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about something that happened locally, and that is after you had mentioned, of course, that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has the ties to Pennsylvania. You meant, mentioned that he went to high school, Cheltenham High School, Montgomery County. But yeah. since his dad actually taught, was a teacher at what's now the Cat Center, for advanced uh, Judaic studies at the University of Pennsylvania. Maybe that's what happened on campus even yesterday at UPenn was the, the dueling protests that we saw, pro-Israeli and pro-Palestinians converging there and really getting into a little bit of a scuffle. And police were called at one point. One of the reasons they were called, and I think this is, this is concerning here, that while the pro-Israeli protesters were just calling for the release of hostages, that Hamas has, you know, we know, we've confirmed they were kidnapped when they, you know, went door to door and were also slaughtering innocent people. But at one point you heard the chant of Palestinian supporters saying there's only one solution, Intifada revolution. And yeah. some of the wording and there were, so that's when, you know, there were, the police were called in because right. there were some Jewish students uh, and pro-Israeli students, Christine, who felt who felt threatened there and said, whoa, he just uh, they're chanting, kill the Jews. That's and they're exactly reciting right. it. That, that, that's, you know, you know, they're, they're, I had seen a, um, a YouTube video of a form, a prior protest where they had Palestinians who were marching. And it sounded like they were saying, um, we want Jewish genocide. It appears what they were actually saying in that one was, um, we, what is it, we call what's happening genocide, meaning the genocide of the Palestinians. However, mm -hmm. however, in that same protest, there were people, there were supporters of Hamas who were saying that it was justified what Hamas did to the Israelis because they were settlers and there was an, an all's fair in war. So basically they were saying that the genocide, that the murder, Murder, that the outright killing of women and children, babies, innocent people um, of, of you know, Jews was justified. And when you use that word, and, and I'm a Catholic, okay, but 
I hear dog whistles. Mm -hmm. I understand these dog whistles. When you use the words only solution, they sound very similar to the words final Mm. solution. Bingo. Right? Referring to, of course, Nazi Germany's code name for the mass murder of European Jews, six million plus Jews. You know, yeah, when you at first when I heard it, I and I could play it. I mean, we have it. We're not making it up. It's it's clear. And there are police reports. But when I first heard it, I actually thought they might be saying final solution. That was yeah. not the chant. And my our sister station, KOW News Radio, Hadas Kuznis, kudos to her because she had done a full report on it and done a very thorough job interviewing all the sides. But, yeah, I mean, you can see where people would get upset. And fearful. Easily. I'm sorry. To be a Jewish student on Penn's campus right now must be horrific. There there are blatant attacks. And as I said before, not all criticism of of Israel and Israel's tactics and Israel's policies amount to anti-Semitism. But guess what? If you're criticizing Israel right now, it is a very easy way to just provide cover for your deep-seated hatred of Jews. I've almost stopped calling it anti-Semitism. I've started calling it Jew hatred because that's what it is. Semitism, you know, Arabs are Semites as well. I had tweeted something out about a guy I used to date who was an Israeli Arab who was very proud Israeli citizen and he supported Israel. He was in the army. He defended Israel. Um, he, he was a Semite. He was an Arab. What's happening now is not anti-Arab Semite. It is anti-Jews, anti-Judaism. And it is, uh, and what is upsetting me so much, Dawn, is that I am seeing it among people that I thought shared my values and I thought were friends. I expected it from the left because anti-Semitism is rampant on the left. We've seen it with a lot of social progressives, but I'm also seeing it among conservatives. And I am surprised about that and very much yeah. taken aback. So it's been really eye-opening over yeah. the past couple of weeks, hasn't it? It has. And I, I agree with you because I think you and I are both half-glass-full people and you'd like to think in this modern world, especially in America, you think all the people who came, many of them are ancestors who came to this country for a better life and for religious freedoms. So you don't want to really believe that. And initially I thought, okay, I, I will say on college campuses there are a lot of sheep just individuals who've essentially been raised to be programmed, to be followers. And so I thought, well, maybe it's not really anti-Semitism. They're just kind of going with a rhetoric. But then when you hear it and it goes on, you think, ooh, you know, this is scary, what's happening and why on our college campuses in particular. Yeah, and I'm you know, I, I graduated from college in 1983, and there always were tensions between um, those who supported Palestine, uh, Palestinian Authority, uh, Yasser Arafat was still alive around that time, uh, and those who were um, very, very pro-Israel, um, pro-settlers, pro-what have you. Um, but it, it wasn't at the level that it is now, and it's, it's infected our legislatures with people like Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, and not just them, people, there, there are so many others. The vast majority of them are Democrats, but, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are also, sadly, some Republicans who yeah. sort of mouth the same rhetoric. And it's scary um, to see how it's just become, it's 
when you let something fester long enough, it it just it blossoms, and that's what's happened with this really truly anti anti humane yeah. um, philosophy that these people have. And as someone who deals with asylum. Um, applicants and people who have fled religious persecution and persecution from their governments for years. Um, It's scary to see the type of people who persecuted my clients marching on Penn's campus, students marching on Penn's campus, screaming about the genocide of their fellow citizens, fellow students. It is repellent and it is disgusting. And we need some people in the Palestinian communities in this area to stand up and call it what it is. Yeah, because we don't have city leadership standing up with a backbone to say this is wrong and let's all come together. And there's no voice for that. Until next time, my friend. (laughs) Thank you. No, I could talk to you all day. Believe me. Thank you so much. We love you. Take care. I love you, too. (laughs) Thank you, Christine Flowers. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.